The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome once again to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks podcast network. As always, I am your host, Others, coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Uh, on today's show, we'll be doing a review of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, or special, I guess, as they are now. As uh, If you're paying for it, you really are stupid, seeing as you can get it on the network for nine ninety nine. Um, before we delve into that show, thought I'd just bring you a little bit of bits and bobs news wise. Uh, Hangman Page versus Pack is uh, off of AEW's Double or Nothing show this Saturday. Uh, it's believed that creative differences are thought to be the issue. Uh, Pack being the current Dragon Gate uh, Open the Gate champion. Um, The match actually took place uh, last Saturday at WrestleGate Pro in uh, Nottingham, England. Uh, Currently available on AEW's YouTube page. Uh, As far as things stand now, Pac is off of Double or Nothing uh, this Saturday. Uh, Hangman Page still scheduled to appear, but no opponent uh, has been found as of time of recording. Uh, I find this... Utterly bizarre. Um, Pac's been champion at Dragon Gate now since the inception of, of Double or Nothing. He turned up to the, the rally, the press conference, to announce the uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view with his championship. So it makes you wonder what's going on with AEW's creative. I mean, they knew that Pat was champion, surely... If they were going to have Hangman Page go over, you'd thought they'd be aware of this, I think it was 10 days before Double or Nothing was supposed to happen. It just seems a little bit weird to me. And I'm beginning to wonder whether it's a work or not. Uh, AW have got a lot of publicity. Granted, some of it's been negative, but, you know, there's that old saying, no publicity is bad publicity. Uh this all heading into their debut pay-per-view. Whether it's a work, whether it's not, it's it's all very, very strange business. But, yeah, if you want to check out that match, it's on uh, AEW's YouTube page, I believe. Um, very good publicity for WrestleGate Pro. Don't know how they managed to pull that one off. Uh, I was supposed to be going to that show originally, but unfortunately had family commitments. So, yeah, if you uh, did want to see Hangman Page versus Pack, AEW YouTube page, it's up there now for free. Um, knock yourself out. I'm not going to spoil the ending of the match. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I believe that's how it would have ended on on Double or Nothing. Um, be interesting to see Hangman Page races now. Uh, also be interesting to see Pack's future in the company. Uh don't know if anybody watched Monday Night Raw. I certainly didn't. I'd uh, 
rather than nail my foreskin to a wooden board. But uh, there you go, that's just me. Uh, they introduced a new title on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Mick Foley revealed the WWE 24-7 title um, to the reaction of absolute dead silence with a smattering of boos. Uh, it's basically a big title with 24 slash 7 written on it. So, uh, aesthetically, it's pretty ugly as fuck. Um, Foley placed the title in the middle of the ring. The bell rang, and I think it was basically the first person to grab the title, became the inaugural uh, champion. Um, Very much like the hardcore title of old. I think the rules are just basically it's defended 24-7 as long as you've got a referee with you. Then, you know, off you go. Uh, a bunch of uh, lower card guys made their way to the ring trying to grab the belt first. There was a nice, interesting spot where uh, Gallows and Anderson both got their hands on it and, you know, they like both got thrown out the ring and... It looked like for a second Drake Maverick was going to get it. And, uh, yeah, Titus O'Neil grabbed uh, Drake Maverick, uh, yeeted him out of the ring, picked up the title to become the uh, inaugural 24-7 champion, uh, which lasted roughly 24 seconds. Uh, Robert Roode jumping him at the top of the stage, rolling him up, capturing the title, running off. And then there was uh, more Gaga backstage where... He asked R-Truth to hide him. He hid in his boot. Sent everybody that was looking for him the opposite direction. Robert Roode got out of the trunk of the car. And, uh, yep. R-Truth jumped him. Ended up picking up the title and heading off to SmackDown with it. Uh, As of recording, I've not seen SmackDown. I'm sure there have been numerous title changes since the recording of this show. Uh, um, As far as I'm concerned... It is the WWE Softcore Jobber Championship of the World. Uh, It's no mistake or mystery to me that they introduced this in the third hour of the show. If you look at the ratings breakdown, uh, Monday Night Raw, the third hour is always the lowest view segment. Uh, They put this on basically in the graveyard shift. I think WWE before this already had like 11 or 12 championships. I don't think another championship is going to make viewers turn in, especially a championship where it's basically the hardcore championship without any hardcore action. Um, Yeah, for me, just a complete waste of time. But hey, if it gives people like R-Truth, EC3, Eric Young, people like that, things to do. Gets them television time. More power to them. Um, Didn't go to any wrestling last week. Uh, This weekend, however, I've got three shows to go to. On a Friday, I will be going to Fight Club Pro in Wolverhampton. Uh, Already a few matches announced on the card. Uh, Dan Maloney will be taking on NXT UK's newest star, Ilya Dragunov. Besties in the world. They'll be defending their tag team titles against Schadenfreude. That's the combination of Chris Brooks and the Aussie Arrow, Kyle Fletcher. Uh, Tony Storm, she'll be taking on OTT's Valkyrie. And uh, Travis Banks facing Jake Atlas. 
uh, American indie standout, been on a few Game Changer wrestling shows. So, yeah, uh, Friday night's looking pretty good. A lot of NXT UK uh, talent to watch, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Sunday, I'm off to Leeds for a, a doubleheader of title championship wrestling. At uh, TPM, there will be an all-female show. They're always a lot of fun. And uh, at 5.30, uh, there'll be guys like Lucky Kid, who won a WXW 16-carat gold tournament, uh, Spike Trevay, uh, NXT UK star Joseph Connors, uh, Jack Sexsmith, loads of other guys. Um, a lot of talented guys on this card. Uh, title obviously doesn't have as high... A profile as a Fight Club Pro, as a Progress, as an ICW. Uh, the latter two that are running shows on the same day, I hasten to add. But uh, yeah, Tidal really have a really strong card. Um, they are very much of the uh, UK undergrap scene. Uh, undergraps meaning, you know, companies that don't have uh, a massive profile, but still put on consistently really, really good shows. Uh, looking forward to Friday going to Fight Club and looking forward to Sunday for a double cadder of Tidal Championship Wrestling. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have the Money in the Bank review. I've sat through it twice. I fell asleep the first time. Give me a break. It was on at 1am over here. And uh, when we come back, all the ups and downs from this year's Money in the Bank. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And welcome back. It's Money in the Bank time. Uh, I'm not going to be bothering with the pre-show because it was a non-title tag team match. And whenever the WWE do a non-title match, you're guaranteed the champions are losing. So, absolutely no creative. Absolutely no point me covering it. Uh, this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view opened with the Women's Money in the Bank match. And, do you know what? I thought it was a decent opener. Um, Nikki Cross, she got a good pop when she came out. Uh, I thought she shined early doors. I thought Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, uh, two women that are not renowned for their in-ring skills, I thought both of these ladies held their own. Uh, to me, the spot of the match uh, was an eclipse by Ember Moon to uh, Natty. Uh, this was from the top of a ladder on the outside of the ring uh, to Natty, who was inside of the ring, so... That was a pretty innovative, pretty cool. Um, there was a spot where it looked like Carmella had legitimately injured herself when uh, Mandy Rose went to do a drop kick. She kind of rolled out the ring and headed to the back. And at that point, I was thinking, "Eesh, looks like Mandy's hurt someone. This isn't good." But uh, Carmella coming out later in the match leads me to believe that this was a work. Uh, the end of the match came when Sonya Deville came out of nowhere, uh, helped Mandy Rose up the ladder by literally carrying her to the top of the ladder. Looked like she was going to grab the case, but uh, Bailey scaling the ladder, 
pushing both of them off of the top and claiming the Money in the Bank briefcase. So, yeah, uh, I thought this was a pretty solid opening. Um, I was very, very wary about this match, about having, you know, Carmella, Mandy Rose, uh, Dana Brooke, uh, women that are not renowned for their in-ring skills, being involved in such a, a, a dangerous environment as a ladder match. But I thought this was a perfectly fine opening. I think everybody played their part. Uh, Naomi did good stuff. Um, very impressed with Nikki Cross in the opening. Uh, everyone took, you know, big bumps, but relatively safe bumps. Yeah, I thought this was a decent opener of the show. Uh, up next was a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, Joey Samoe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States title. Excuse me, uh, this match was very, very weird. Um, there was a botch early doors from Rey Mysterio, who uh, like did a sit-down sent on, and it was straight on Joe's face. Uh, ended up breaking his nose. Um, I'll say now, there was quite a lot of botches in this show, but I think people need to get off the back of the wrestlers. Um, I think you have to bear in mind that this pay-per-view was scheduled 24, 36 hours after wrestlers had just gotten back off a European tour. I'm sure that jet lag probably played a part. So, yeah, there was a few mistakes from wrestlers here and there. But at the end of the day, it's WWE's fault for booking a pay-per-view so close to coming off the back of a European tour. These guys have been working their asses off abroad. They've just flown seven or eight hours to get back to the States. And then they're putting a pay-per-view on straight away afterwards. Give them a break, you know? Anyway, little rant over. <laughs> uh, the match ended really, really early when uh, Rey Mysterio kind of did like a Rana into a cover. Um, the referee counted three, but Samoa Joe's shoulders clearly up. Um... Rey Mysterio looked visibly shocked when he won. Not sure if this was the designed finish. I've read on a few uh, dirt sheets that the referee went home early because of Joe's uh, nose being broken. Uh, Samoa Joe didn't take the loss well. Got in the ring. Pretty much destroyed Rey Mysterio. Uh, in front of his son, Dominic, he would uh, come down to the ring to celebrate his father's victory. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that proves that uh, cheaters never prosper. Wasn't a clean win, Ray. You kind of got what you deserved. Um, looks like this isn't the end of the feud. I'm sure that these guys will face off again. Uh, hard to really judge this match, whether it was supposed to be this short. If you remember at WrestleMania, these guys had a match that went short. That was because Rey Mysterio was injured. I don't know what's going to happen next. I think they'll probably have a rubber match, a decider. Who knows? Uh, speaking of WrestleMania rematches, Shane versus The Miz in a steel cage. I was perfectly happy with this match ending at WrestleMania. I think this feud doesn't need to carry on now. It feels like it's been going on forever. Uh, early doors, The Miz absolutely batters Shane. In fact, to be honest, he batted him for 90% of the match. Uh, yeah, skull-crushing finale. Uh, counted two. Shane got his foot on the rope. Broke up the count. 
Another refereeing mistake, with it being a cage match, does a rope break count? I thought there was no rules. Crowd clearly weren't happening, chanting bullshit and you fucked up to the referee. Uh, commentary even tried to cover for the ref's blunder, um, saying that maybe the referee wants job security because Shane's a McMahon. Not too sure about that myself. Very weird, but again... Maybe Jetlag coming into play for the referees as well as the wrestlers. Uh, Shane showing his best in the world credentials with an awful triangle submission on The Miz, which uh, The Miz reversed into a near fall. Uh, match ends when the two are brawling up on the top of the cage. I think that uh, The Miz is trying to throw Shane back into the ring like he did earlier in the match. And uh, Shane McMahon wins via a wardrobe malfunction. Um, Miz was kind of holding him by the arms and the shirt, and uh, the world's sweatiest man slipped out of his shirt onto the floor outside. And, uh, yeah, big win for Shane O'Mac. I'm not sure if this will be the end of the feud. I'd quite like it to be the end of the feud, because I'm bored of it. Um, I'd like to see the Miz push on to either US or WWE Championship fights. The guy's clearly loved by the fans. It's the most steam he's had behind him in a while. Um, I just think this Shane McMahon feud's not really helping him in that respect. Uh, on to the next match, Tony Nees versus Arya Davari. For the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. The Cruiserweight Championship. It's made the main show. Awesome stuff. Well done guys. Uh, Davari coming to the ring in his shades and white vest. Looking like the rock shrunk in the wash. Uh, I don't watch 205 so I have no idea about these two rivalries. That's on me. I apologise. Very impressed by Tony Nese. Uh, I like his look. I like the guy's athleticism. Uh, kind of reminds me of Pac, but with less of the high flying. Uh, the crowd weren't into this match, but I thought it was decent. Uh, nice Fosbury flop and a 450 from Nice. Uh, that certainly woke the crowd up. Uh, There's one bit towards the end of the match where Nice kicked out of a super kick, a frog. Bleh. Try that again. A frog splash and a ripcord hammerlock lariat. Uh, that only got a near fall of two, which was a... Uh, all right. It's, doesn't make much sense, but okay. Uh, nice winning with a running knees for the one, two, three. Uh, I thought it was a good showing from both guys. Uh, whether this will be the last time we see the Cruiserweight Championship on the main show of a pay-per-view it remains to be seen. Uh, Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title was up next. Uh, Becky was in control very early doors in this match. Um, Lacey Evans mounting a little bit of a comeback. Well, there's decent psychology from Evans, who was working on the left arm, obviously trying to uh, nullify the effect of Becky's disarmor finisher. Uh, there's good healing throughout from Lacey as well. At one point, she got a handkerchief out of her tights to kind of, like, dab 
her sweat down and then ramming it into Becky's throat. Um, Becky retains via the disarmor. Um, I thought this was a really decent showing from Lacey Evans. Uh, I think this is easily the best match that she's had since coming over from NXT. Uh, I know that the bar isn't really set very high when it comes to that. Uh, she's greener than goose shit, but I thought that she really held her own in this match. Uh, no major botches or, or major missteps from what I could see. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty decent match. Uh, Becky Two Belt, she's making her way up the ramp. When Charlotte Flair's music hit... Uh, she came marching down to the ring with a big shit-eating grin on her face, looking very smug. Uh, Becky looking like someone just shat in her cornflakes. Uh, as Charlotte's making her way into the ring, she's kind of like looking at the floor, smiling, shaking her head. You sneaky bitch. Um, Charlotte was on the attack very early doors, gaining control got to remember that this is coming literally off the back of around about a 10 minute match with Lacey Evans so Charlotte obviously has the physical advantage she's not tired she's fresh uh every time Becky mounted a comeback Charlotte's freshness coming into play uh this was a relatively short match I think it was about five six minutes uh the finish came when Charlotte went to it's a natural selection on the apron but Becky Held onto the rope. Uh, Charlotte's momentum flying out off the edge of the apron to the outside. Becky rolling in. Uh, the referee's back is turned on Becky. He's counting Charlotte out of the ring. When uh, all of a sudden Lacey Evans comes flying out of nowhere. Hits Becky with the woman's right. Um, Charlotte comes back into the ring. Uh, gets rolled up for a two. By uh, Becky. And uh, springs up and hits a big boot to the face. Um, which actually missed by quite some distance. Again, jet lag. Cut them some slack. And uh, yeah. Charlotte wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becoming a nine-time champion in the process. Uh Becky gets jumped by Lacey... No, sorry. Becky jumps Lacey Evans and then is jumped by Charlotte, uh, which leads to Lacey and Becky... Uh, Lacey and Charlotte double-teaming Becky. Uh, this brings out Bailey, who tries to even the scores. Uh, Bailey comes down, helps them, gets rid of Lacey. She's then attacked by Charlotte. Charlotte... Goes to run towards uh, Becky, uh, Bailey, sorry, too many bloody bees. Charlotte goes to charge Bailey in the corner. Bailey moves, and uh, Charlotte hits her head on the turnbuckle, which knocks her out. Bailey's cashing in. Bailey hands the referee the briefcase. The referee rings the bell without Charlotte getting up. Bailey rolls Charlotte into the middle of the ring, scales the top rope, hits a macho man Randy Savage elbow, and uh, 
becomes the new SmackDown Women's Champion. So, uh, yeah, that's how Money in the Bank should be. Uh, Bailey's been floundering for a while in WWE. I know that she had the um, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship win recently. But if you take that out of the equation, as far as the singles go, Bailey's really not had anything in quite a while. And and that's what Money in the Bank should be. It should be a chance to reset, to rejuvenate somebody's career. And that's exactly what's happened to Bailey. She got a massive ovation when she won. A very, very popular win in the arena. And yeah, Bailey is your new SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champion. Uh up next was a whole lot of nothing. Um Roman Reigns and Elias. Uh, the segment started backstage when Elias hit Reigns in the back with a guitar. Uh, Elias does his usual stick in the middle of the ring. Hello, my name is Elias. Uh, normally I'd do an acoustic set, but my guitar broke. Uh, quite funny stuff. Um, sings a song, slagging off Hartford, the town that they're in. And... Uh, Says goodbye, I love you, none of you. Goes up the ramp, Roman Reigns music hits, Superman punch. Back in the ring, spear, one, two, three. Roman wins, absolute waste of time. Uh, Pains me to say it, but Elias is basically a glorified jobber. Uh, This routine is getting pretty old now. Uh, Elias is great on the mic. His put-downs are fantastic. He's actually a very good musician. It's just when it gets to the wrestling, he's just not that good. And that's what's holding him back, sadly. Um, I don't know where he goes from here. Roman Reigns, whether they're easing him back in after his uh, leukaemia scare. I don't know. It just, It just seems like a bit of a waste of a big name in Roman Reigns giving him this kind of match. It wasn't even a match, it was a 10 second squash. Um, it's it's literally something that you could have had happen on any episode of, of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Uh, match of the night, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Uh, easily the match of the night. It's, at the minute, possible contam- uh, candidate for WWE Match of the Year. Uh a match between arguably two of the best guys in the company. Uh, a joy to watch. There was some credible exchanges and counters. Uh, most notably, a curb stomp being reversed into a Styles Clash. How do they even come up with this stuff? Uh, Rollins eventually retains with a super kick, followed up by the cur- uh, curb stomp. Uh, really was the bright spot of the show. If you are going to watch one match from Money in the Bank this year, definitely has to be uh, AJ Styles and <clears throat> Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Uh, up next, Lars Sullivan showing he's sorry about his racist comments by viciously assaulting three Hispanic gentlemen, uh, splitting his head on Kalisto's horns that were on his mask, uh, by headbutting him. Um, a complete waste of time. I don't quite know why they did this. Uh, if you don't know what I'm on about, 
the uh, Lucha House Party came out. Looked like they were going to have a six-man tag against someone. Lars comes out, busts himself open on one of their masks, batters them all, leaves. That was it. Again, another absolute waste of time of a spot. But hey, uh, that's WWE creative for you. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Uh, I thought this match was always going to struggle following AJ versus Seth. It was a good match, not as good as AJ versus Steph, uh, Seth, but uh, still for me a really good championship match. Uh, Kofi showing off his high flying ability early doors, bit of a more uh, aggressive edge to him as well. A little less joking, a little less clapping, uh, busting out a few headbutts as well. Um, Owens gaining control of the match. Uh, trash talking to the crowd. Um, for me, I think Owens's heel turn was far too soon. Uh, even though he is an absolute magnificent shit, uh, I would have had him rolling with the New Day a little bit longer. Again, for me, it's a case of WWE dropping the ball on something that they had that was quite good. Uh, Walls of Jericho from. Uh, Owens, of course, with uh, Jericho now being w- uh, AEW. The um, commentating team called it a Boston Crab, which is quite interesting. Uh, Owens goes for a top rope swanton. Kofi gets the knees up, hits the trouble in paradise to retain the title. Again, a really good match. Not as good as the Universal title match, but still another high spot on this pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd check it out. It wasn't a bad match at all. Next up, the Money in the Bank men's ladder match. Uh, no Sami Zayn in this match. He got attacked backstage earlier in the night. Uh, it was your usual car crash ladder match stuff with um, some really crazy, dangerous spots. Uh, early doors, Randy Orton was on a rampage. Uh, slamming guys into tables. Uh, a Randy Orton chant in 2019. Hartford, stay weird. Um, McIntyre and Corbin teaming up. Bit of a callback to their old uh, stablemate ways. Uh, they were beating down the other guys. Uh, absolute insane spot. Probably the spot of the night. Uh, Andrade sunset flip powerbomb to Finn Balor from the top of the ladder onto another ladder that was draped on the second rope. Uh, Finn actually bounced when he he impacted with the ladder. It looked absolutely sickening. Uh, Andrade committed an actual murder live on the WWE Network. Uh, There was a yowie wowie chant from the crowd. Again, Hartford, stay weird. Uh, Ali hit a Spanish fly on Andrade from the top of dueling ladders, which was absolutely insane. Uh, shortly after that, Corbin chokeslamming Ali through the Spanish announce table and uh, then turned on Drew McIntyre. Uh, there was a spot where Ricochet uh, went to do a suicide dive to Baron Corbin on the outside and a uh, Corbin caught in midair and hit an absolute wicked deep six. And uh, after he got up from that, 
Um, he got greeted by a Claymore kick from Drew. Uh, Drew launches Ricochet outside the ring through a ladder. The ladder absolutely destroyed. Uh, there was an RKO to Drew McIntyre from the top of the ladder. This is the part of the match where everybody's hitting their finishes each other. And um, it ended up with one man left standing, and that was Ali. Uh, Ali climbed the ladder, and then Brock Lesnar's music hits. That's right, Brock Lesnar. He came storming down to the ring, pushed the cameraman over, uh, pushed the ladder over that actually fell into the crowd. Uh, That's probably a lawsuit waiting to happen. And, uh, yeah, climbed the ladder, pushed Ali over, grabbed the briefcase, Brock Lesnar ends up your men's Money in the Bank contract winner. Absolute bullshit. I mean, if you think about it, this match is actually a a microchasm of Brock Lesnar's WWE career. You've got all them seven guys in the match risking uh, limb and life, life and limb. And then you've got Brock Lesnar who just turns up when he wants and and picks up the win. It's, It's absolute bullshit. Although, if you're thinking about it from Vince McMahon's perspective, he's kind of given us all what we all wanted, what we were crying out for, and it hasn't worked. The ratings haven't improved. He's given us Kofi Kingston as champion. He's given us Seth Rollins as champion. He's given the indie darlings Finn Balor and Samoa Joe the secondary titles. Ratings are at an all-time low. I can see it in his head being, oh, well, we'll go back to Brock. He's the box office. It kind of makes sense, but at the same time, oh, for God's sake, Brock Lesnar again. Although, to be fair, when Brock showed up on Raw, uh, trolling everybody, using the Money in the Bank briefcase as um, a boombox, that was absolute top trolling from, from Brock. I don't like the guy, but that was that was absolutely superb. Uh, great for memes as well. There's been some cracking stuff on there. Uh, Brass Monkey, probably my favourite one that I've seen so far. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to do Rick Astley. Never going to give you up. I think that'd quite be a quite good one. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar is the abiding memory that I take away from this pay-per-view. And it's a shame because it was actually a pretty good pay-per-view. As an event, if you take away the bullshit finish from the main event, it was decent. It had some good matches. It had some swerves. It had a few title changes. It's just I'm sick of watching Brock Lesnar. I'm sick of him winning championships and then it never be defended for about three or four months or whenever he decides fit to show up. Oh, God. It's got to be awful seeing him win one of the titles. I just hope that he can't be bothered to show up on any of the shows to claim the money in the bank. I mean, if you think about it, he's got this for a year now. We've got a year of him possibly... He might not even show up. He might not even bother cashing it in. 
Who knows? Oh, I think that's wishful thinking on my part. Anyway, I've got myself into a Brock Lesnar fit of rage. I'm going to go and calm down for a minute. We're going to wrap up this show when we get back. What up, fam? This is LP live at your call. You are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Too sweet. Hello, this is the future Prime Minister of Great Britain, Zack Sabre Jr., and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Welcome back to the end of the show. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to listen to all the other fine shows on the HTM Podcast Network, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast device that you deem fit. Uh, You can also listen online at www.hittingthemarks.com. Plenty of fine shows. You've got the PW Hustle, uh, the Wrestle Podcast with Robin Nelson, Uh, You've also got Turnbuckle Talk with Big Joe and Carl. Uh, Not forgetting HTM Wrestling and HTM Sports with Jargo and RBV. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Uh, We'll be covering the AW Double or Nothing show. Uh, Be sure to hit us on social media. Um, Facebook, we've got a Facebook group now, uh, Tables, Others and Chairs message board. Search for that on Facebook, request and you will be added. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Old Others. And uh, don't forget the old YouTube page, that's Tables, Others and Chairs on YouTube. Uh, have fun watching Double or Nothing and I will see you guys next week. Take care everyone. Ah!